Hey, what's going on, motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. It's April 29th, 2021. I have a couple things on my mind I committed to memory. Um, I want to head home on this rainy rainy day, rainy evening. I love a rainy night. It's such a beautiful sight. I like to feel the rain on my face and the rain on my lips in the moonlight shadow. I'm fishing to be, uh, fixing to be a country singer, you I'm saying, a little cowboy Luke style. Um, I think that was Eddie Rabbit, incidentally, my friend Rocco from back in the day, his, uh, his father was said to have grown up or been friends with Eddie Rabbit, who was a pretty prolific singer-songwriter, I believe, country guy maybe, I don't know. Love rain and night. That couldn't even, it might not even be fucking Eddie Rabbit. I have no clue. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. First of all, uh, rainy afternoon, uh, a little overcast today. It's fine. We had um, power washers come out to the house. My friend Zeb power washed our whole house before the rain. That's fine. My wife's like, in the rain? Well, I feel like, you know, like if I'm going to wash my car, I'm not one of these fucking dickwads who has to have like a pristine cloudless day to to wash my car. In fact, I hate when I show up and there's a million anuses parked, you know, there, you know, getting a red, you know, they got to clean their car now. They got to, you know, it's a beautiful day, so they got to have our cars all nice and scrubbed up, dubbed and waxed up. I don't care. I'm a utilitarian, my friends. I need some goddamn shiny car or spotless shit. Uh, armor all and all that stuff. Sure, it'd be nice. And sure, I have a friend of mine who's going to come out um, when he gets a moment and do a little detailing job, make this 5.7 liter Ram gleam. But it's not a necessity for me because the car don't make the man anymore and the clothes make the man. Understand what I'm saying? So, uh... Anyway, got these power washers come out and power wash our house. Why? There's some scuzz on it, some mildew, right, as happens in various places. If birds take their liberties to take a dump out of their little cloacas, which is a shared uh, canal, that uh, combination of an anus and a birth canal. Uh, use that for copulation as well, for mating. So I'll take a dump. Think about that next time a bird takes a dump on you. Um could be ejaculation. It could be a turd. I remember one time back in the day, uh, I went down to Baltimore. My dad had a seagull and took a shit right on his uh, meatball sub. Maybe it was sausage and peppers. Standing right there on the pier. On the uh, where we stayed at the hell was it? Tell us the name of that hotel. It was nice. It was like one of the main, one of the big vacations we took. Like a three-day weekend, we went down to Baltimore Inner Harbor. The hell was that hotel? Anyway, it was a good experience. Loved it. And then, as I shared, a few years ago, we went to, prior to the pandemic, we went down to the <clears throat> Baltimore as well. We stayed at a Sonesta, I think. Anyway, it was a really nice hotel, the nicest they had in the harbor, and it was still kind of dumpy. But we had a good time. My father had a seagull take a shit right on his, his 
his sausage and pepper sauce. And he had it kind of in a beautiful day. He had it in a in his hand, and a beverage in his other hand, and tin foil. Sub was in tin foil. And seagull came right above her, right above yonder, and opened the bay doors, opened that cloaca. Took a shit right on his sub. He flipped out. He lost his bearing, and he like slammed it down into the into the bay. That's probably exactly what those seagulls want. They want you to slam your sub sandwich down to the bay so they can eat it. <laughs> and they can laugh at their friend with their friends as they perch atop your hotel and tell stories of that tourist that they fucked with. Seagulls do that and people do that too. They do that. They like to slam. They have to take a shit on your day, on your sub sandwich, on your life, whatever. Can't let them. You can't let them do it. So, um, so that was pretty cool. We had the power washers come out, clean that house. There's no, um, no more mold or anything like that. It should be gleaming, set apart from all the other houses that aren't as good as ours. Because the Oberts live there. It's a special place. You understand that? <clears throat> so my friend Zeb did that. Kevin Zebluim. He's a sports guy. He's a friggin' coach, football extraordinaire, former quarterback. He owns a Keystone Sports Complex and coaching. He does a great job. He's a good, good, good guy, good friend. He was referred to me by my friend Mike. Mike Moore, Iron Mike. Another great guy. So we, he connected us. Zeb's a good guy. So um, I was happy to hire him to do that. He also did our snow removal this year. Moving right along. You ever notice how you can? I'm filling out paperwork this afternoon, uh, patient paperwork, my exam findings and stuff. You ever notice that you're, as an artist, you know, with my chainsaw and all that stuff I go on about. I can, I can do, put together some pretty decent art. I get better and better. I love it. Um, I don't know how exactly I, I put all this together on how I can transfer my mind my ideas uh, and copy something or take an image and make a bear or make an owl or make a fox, whatever I've done so many carvings I have not saved them all um, this fucker whoever is coming up on my rear end don't be the one I'll pull you out of your car in the rain if you threaten me I'll slap your face or I'll give you a talking to. I'm not going to be violent. There's too much of that happening out there. You, you go ahead and accelerate in your little Nissan Altima. I have a rumble. I will fucking rumble you and take you off the line right now. But I'm not going to do that. Because it's a Thursday night. Tomorrow's Friday. And I'm tired. <sighs> so how is it that I can carve these cool things with a chainsaw, but filling out paperwork with a pen and paper it looks like shit, you know, doctorly handwriting, it's notoriously uh, scribbly and messy, right, it's weird, it's almost like I can't control it, I'll try to really focus on writing, um, you know, a little bit more clearly, my wife's handwriting has been described as a font, it's so neat and predictable, but my messy handwriting 
is not so nice. So it's just an interesting thing, interesting dichotomy. It's ironic, don't you think? I can make beautiful things with a chainsaw, power tools, chisels, but writing looks like dumb. So there's that. Next, uh, I, there's a little topic I like to I like to cover. It's called uh, the pandemic. So don't make this into a pandemic. I've touched on this before. I don't want to get too crazy. But I'll just tell you a story. I had a guy come in today. Freaking grumpy old man. Grumpier old man. You ever see that show? This guy was that. Mid-70s. Nice enough guy when things, the smoke settled. But he came in like a freaking bear. And he's like, he's outside. The door's locked. I let him in. He's like, I'll be, t- I'll be happy when these fucking masks are over. He's going to wear his fucking stupid mask. I was like, yeah, I, I know, man. It's office policy, though. And it's important. We wear it for your safety, for our safety, for the safety of the rest of the people that come through here. Try and do the right thing at a delicate time. <laughs> you know, what are we what are we protecting each other from? Well, from the flu? You know, it's bullshit. It's all political. The masks don't do anything. You know, this, that, and the other thing. And, uh... I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. It was clearly, I was like... It it was one of those moments where I was like, man, it's going to make a good story later. So, it goes on and on about the mass. And he starts doing parts that he actually was hospitalized for 30 days with COVID. At a local hospital. And that the food was really good. But he lost 30 pounds there. So if you lost 30 pounds due to this virus, it isn't a big deal. Would you say that this is a concern? That this is something to be concerned about or not? That's when I figured this guy must be off his rocker a little bit. And that's fine. He also shared with me that he... Um, you know, he's retired, so lives with his, uh, his with some family, with his son, and but he never talks to him, you know, barely talks to him, lives upstairs, doesn't talk to him really, and I said, well, you know, that's like that uh, Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon song, right, by Jim Croce or whoever. I've talked about that before. We all have considered that, right? It's when you're young, your parents are working and they don't really have time for you. And then when you become an old person and you're retired and you get all the time in the world, your kids don't have anything to do with you because they are busy. They're where you are. It's the circle of life. It's the way it is. You know, right now, 46 years old, I'm in the middle of my working world, my working life, and I come home at nine o'clock at night and eat a late dinner and my kids are sitting in front watching a shark tank and I'm tired and less than 12 hours I do it all over again 12 hours from now I will be at the office treating my first patient of the day so that's crazy right but it's it's the it's the way it is so this guy's complaining and what is that smell that is fucking terrible. What is that smell? Oh, that's like worse than poop. 
I mean, it's like poop and puke. Probably, of course, these fucking meatpacking plants. Listen, I'm sad to say it. I don't know. Maybe um, I'm just losing my... Maybe my testosterone levels are sagging a little bit. They're delayed. I think I'm almost done with meat. It's not a necessity for me anymore. I eat fruit and vegetables, some snap peas and some apples and some nuts today. Feel lighter, feel better about that. I would love to have my ritualistic ham sandwich that my wife makes so deliciously. But I don't know. I mean, I love a good steak, love a good pork chop, uh, love barbecue. I can have that every now and again, but I don't crave that like I used to. And I certainly don't want to have anything to do with something that smells like that. That is bad. Smells worse than poop. This guy's carrying on. He's, I'm thinking grumpy old men is going to make a great story later. Oh, you know, there's nobody, uh, you know, uh, I'm alone and I'm alone all the time and I just watch TV. I just watch the news all day. And he's going on about, you know, Trump and Biden and politics. And I was like, dude, you're watching entirely too much news. How do I know that? Because I turn my attention to that shit entirely too much. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. You know, I want to know. Um, I want to be informed enough to comment on something or have an opinion. But I don't want my opinion to be molded by the news that I consume. You know, I've mentioned some things about, you know, mass shootings and killings and, uh, and you know, police involves, you know, hate crimes and, you know, the Chauvin trial. And I, I don't want to be angry. I, I don't want to... I, I think that my my views on these things are measured. But, you know, somebody else with a diametrically opposed viewpoint probably believes the same thing. So I understand that it is my opinion. And, you know, hopefully backed by some facts and some science. But uh, there's a whole lot of people out there, especially retirees, not to dogpile on the rabbit, but the baby boomers out there that are, you know, ending their work years and their they're, you know, finally made it to the finish line, and now they're just angry. They're just, you know, they're just watching, you know, all they have to talk about, largely, is, you know, what's happening day to day in their life, which eventually, you stay retired long enough, it's it's not really much. What do you do? Ride around your golf cart, do a couple, you hit the freaking links, you uh, go to the gym, you, you know, go to various eateries, which they can't really do right now because of uh, covid you can't do that as much, you know, people, uh, they're returning to that now, thankfully, but that's, that's really what they had, their diners and their conversations and what they used to do with their life, right? Oh, I used to be a construction guy. I used to be a cop. I used to be a scientist. I used to, used to, used to, and now they ain't really got much going on. They have to kind of manufacture things to do. I'm doing the bathroom now, redoing the bathroom. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna sell our house or whatever you're doing. What are the kids doing? You know, and the kids don't have anything to do with me anymore. I live upstairs. I'm only a flight of steps away, but I never even see them. Barely even talk to them. You know, I said to the guy, I said, you know, what you need to do, man. You're a former tradesman. You need to freaking talk to your son at dinner tonight and say, listen. 
I'm coming down the stairs at six o'clock tomorrow morning, jumping in your truck, and we're going to go to work. I'm going to go to work with you. I need to do something, man. I'm going crazy. Don't sit there and watch Fox News or CNN and get angry about everything. It's certainly not about the pandemic. Okay, it's emotional. It's sucks wearing masks. Uh, some people believe that it's overblown and it's not a big deal. I'll tell you, tell tell that to the you know 550 and counting dead people <clears throat> that it's no big deal. And the same old talking points: all oh, these people didn't even die from COVID; they died from other things. Yeah, like the heart disease, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure that you might have right now. All those things are made worse when you have a viral pathogen sucking away the energy that you would otherwise use to heal those things. That is the dumbest shit ever. Don't say that. Don't say that other thing, that only 7% or whatever, a small percentage of people died from the just the virus, okay? Because the, we, don't, we don't live in a vacuum, my friends. I am a 46-year-old man. I've been a fitness buff my entire life. I ran a 300, 300 Marine Corps physical fitness test. I ran a freaking three-mile run in 17 minutes, okay, once upon a time. I did 20 dead-hang pull-ups, muscles bulging, biceps popping, lats, V-like shape. I did fucking 22 or 80 sit-ups in two minutes with ease. All right, once upon a time. Now I'm friggin', it's decades later, and I've lived a little bit, and I've worked, and I've been subject to the stresses of life, and, you know, your anatomy and physiology will start to suffer a little bit as you age. And I don't care who you fucking are, you're going to have some sort of family history and some sort of self-induced disease, whether it's overweight, whether it's heart disease uh, due to diet and lack of exercise, whether it's stress-related illness, anxiety, depression. There's a whole host of what are called comorbidities that most people have at least a few of, and they drag you down. Yes. You know, I had a boss used to say healthy people don't get sick. And to a degree, that is true. You know, if you do all the right things, if you exercise and you maintain your weight, healthy weight, and you reduce your stress levels, and you sleep properly, all right, uh, and you eat properly, and you engage in positive relationships, social interaction. There's a lot of things that go into, you know, if you do the things that healthy people do, then your risk for disease goes down. Now, what percentage of the American populace or even the world population, let's look at America though, what percentage of America's population ascribes to all those things and does all the right things, uh, it finds it possible to do all those things and do all these prevention things, um, you know, take, engage in all this prevention, um, a, a fraction, a, a percentage, what, it's very low because it's almost impossible to do everything right. It is impossible to do everything right. 
You know, the world is a crazy place. Stresses come at you, you overeat. You know, you stress out. You um, don't have the time or the money or whatever to, you know, take these steps or devote the time to all these things. Even if you did, maybe that would be unhealthy. If you just followed the rules all the time, maybe that would be to excess. That would be unhealthy as well. And so, um, don't say that people died, uh, that very few people died of COVID only, because unless you have none of those comorbidities, you have no family history of heart disease, um, inflammatory arthritis, diabetes. Um, if your BMI is perfect, if you are, you know, exercising seven days a week, doing an hour of activity every day, if you are uh, sleeping properly and meditating and not engaging in too much or too little stress, then you can judge everybody. But otherwise, you probably got at least one or two or two of those comorbidities, if not more, and you're on multiple medications to manage these conditions. And so you can't fucking talk, old man. Right? Not to be ageist, but you're full of shit, dude. You're 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 an older guy. You are cranky. You are watching news that it, it, that is divisive and not good for you. And you are mistaken. God, to be in my to be in my seventies or eighties and have these ridiculously harsh one-sided opinions. about things that are beyond my comprehension out of my freaking wheelhouse what a tragedy would that be don't be stupid man because that's a comorbidity as well stupidity is a comorbidity I charmed this fellow spent some time with him did my best I'll see him again soon and I you know nope disrespect. I, I, I love him. I love everybody. I'm here to help. But don't come at me with some angry shit ranting and raving about stuff. You know, because I'll have to rant and rave later on. Um, so don't, this, don't make it into a pandemic. You know, Joe Rogan, who I love the guy. You know, I've heard a lot. He's got some bad press lately. There's like this whole cancel culture thing. Uh, and by the way, I did watch a cool excerpt who the hell the guy was from Reading Rainbow is, he's now going to be hosting Jeopardy. Somebody asked him, uh, Nancy McCain or whoever the fuck, Megan McCain, asked him what he thinks about cancel culture. And he said, well, what it really is is that people are being called out. Everybody is finally being called out on the th- on their indiscretions and things that they are, are incorrect on or things that they're doing that are improper or they're hurting other people. Now people are actually being called out. And for a long time, people could behave in, with impunity. And now, folks that are doing stupid shit, people are holding them accountable for it. And sometimes I'm sure that things get out of control. You know? Maybe the pendulum is swinging too far in that direction. Of You know, nobody's got a sense of humor anymore. Nobody can uh, tell a joke or nobody can um, do whatever. You know, but we're going to cancel people. But... That dude's pretty freaking, pretty sensible, whoever that reading rainbow guy is. Very smart and very um, well-spoken and 
well considered. So listen to that. But um, oh, so Joe Rogan, he's getting a lot of bad press. I love him. I tune in. Uh, Frank, uh, honestly, I have not for a while because I, I I have sensed like he moved to Spotify, and I used to watch him on YouTube all the time. And Spotify, just a little change in format took me off mission a little bit. And some of his guests and some of his dialogue over the past year, I just didn't want to weigh in on. You know, I, I didn't want to hear his opinion on some of the stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's impossible not to talk about current events, as I have proven in the podcast here, my own little um, spoken word performance. Just my opinion, really, right? Uh, uh, you know, if you share it, great. If you don't, please don't hold it against me. I don't, I don't have any, um, I'm not just looking to start any bullshit. And I'm open to hearing, you know, other points of view, of course. But And Joe is, too. I think that uh, most people can sense that Joe is a good guy, and he's smart, and he's willing to let, hear other people out. It's one of the favorite, uh, you know, thing about Joe Rogan is that he lets people talk, you know, his guests speak, and long-form uh, discussions, you know, two or three hours talking to somebody about whatever. You're really able to get out um, a lot of good conversation and, and wrap your um, conversation around an issue adequately. So he said something about how COVID wasn't a big deal for his kids, his uh, daughters, I think he's got some young daughters, and they got it, and it was nothing. And so if somebody came in to him and said, if, I'm, if you're 20 years old, uh, young, you're a young person and you're, you're, you eat right and you exercise, then I would say you probably don't need the vaccine. Okay. I understand Joe's point. He's, he's going, seems to be coming out of like, you're young, your risk is comparatively low. It seems to be affecting people who are old and sick and overweight, a comorbidity thing, right? So yes, you're like the likelihood that you're going to maintain homeostasis, that you're going to be healthy when you're young and you're doing the right things, it's very high. It's very improbable, perhaps, that you're going to get sick. But there are exceptions to that. All right? There are exceptions. And so I don't think that it's in Joe's purview. It's his, in his wheelhouse. He can recommend... He can, the thing is, Joe, even though he's a layperson, he's not. He's a He's got a tremendous amount of... As a media personality, he's got a tremendous amount of influence. And when he says, ah, maybe if you're young and healthy, you don't need it. If you're eating right and stuff. Yes, diet and exercise is extremely important. Yes, there's a paucity of, of uh, people in the United States and throughout the world who do everything that they can to be healthy. You know, there are a lot of health nuts. You know, we got to think of there are exceptions where they're... Uh, you know, these marathoners or athletes or highly tuned individuals who they will have a heart attack, God forbid, or they will, something bad can happen to them too. So it's not inconceivable. You look at statistically, uh, young, healthy people, they typically do better with this disease process, but there's a lot that we don't know. And furthermore, young people are acting as a reservoir for the virus right now. We're, um, got, you know, the, the pharma companies, the, the vaccine 
public health effort has focused on the at-risk populations, which are the elderly and adult populations that are, you know, comparatively, you know, more at risk. And as I've said before, do I feel like I am, you know, do I feel like I could beat the thing? Do I feel like it's likely that I could get really, really sick? No, I don't feel like that. It doesn't mean that, that it's, um, that that's the reality. And I'm not trying to invite that sort of thing. You know, I just talked to a guy today who's probably in his thirties, early thirties, and he was in a bad way and he's still got some respiratory issues. His son got it as well. His young son and him came down with this because somebody was doing drywall. He found that his father-in-law was doing drywall in a house, the person, the owner of which had COVID. So that's how he got it. And that's how he gave it to his son. And his son's a toddler. So is it a good idea to be, you know, uh, not wearing our masks or complaining about the public health effort and uh, should I get vaccinated no, it's not. And Joe is getting a lot of grief now, as is Spotify, because he's he's not Joe Blow. He's Joe Rogan. You know, it matters what he says, whether or not he qualifies it by saying, "Hey, you know, uh, don't you know, don't take your medical advice from me." Uh, but this is what I feel personally, which he's entitled to say. He's got the right of free speech. It's just that some things. Sometimes you can cross lines. Like, I don't want to listen to... I, I like that Joe takes risks. I like that he says things. Or that other that I'm saying things. I love to exercise my right to have an opinion. And just from listening, you might say, Oh, I agree or I disagree. And maybe there's some people who listen to these podcasts that tune out. Because they know that I'm going to talk about... You know, that I don't like Trump. Or that I, I'm pro-vaccine. Uh, or that, you know, say things about my chiropractic profession and how, um, you know, I'm not a chiropractor's chiropractor. I'm trying to do things differently. I think most people, hopefully they enjoy that because it's good for them um, that I'm that type of doctor and I'm measured and I'm reasonable and I'm fair and I'm gentle and I try to be all those things anyway. But, um, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully. When you're Joe Rogan and you say, well, I wouldn't recommend that people, uh, somebody asked me, I wouldn't recommend if they're young and healthy that they run out and get the vaccine. I mean, if he really understood and he was listening to the uh, public health individuals that he's had on there, like a Peter, Peter Hotez, who's like a vaccine researcher, I think, and some other scientific minds. That you know, or like like a Neil deGrasse Tyson, say, listen, even though it might be less probable for you to contract the critter and, and get really sick uh, when you're young and healthy, yes, we want to do this. Yes, it matters, but we also need to build our herd immunity against this critter, and we also need to fight back and protect as many people as possible, uh, which may ultimately mean that kids. Young people, young people are going to be recommended to get the vaccine as well. Just like there, there's a vaccine list recommendations that be, that infants and toddlers, children will get. They're recommended. Now, there's a lot of people who might be anti-vax who are whatever. I mean, they're 
they're really suffering right now. It's either a really bad time for them or a really good time right now. Bad time because there's a, there's a, there's clear evidence that we need to take a grand public health effort in order to prevent scenarios occurring like India, you know, which is getting shit on right now. They're burning people. They got funeral pyres burning people en masse because they ran out of rooms and crematoriums. They ran out of space to do it. The crema- crematoriums, they read something, the apparatus melted because it was burning for so long. So that's a pretty extreme measure. Yeah, there's a lot of people in India. It's a poorish country, depending upon where you're living. Uh, I've heard people who've been there said that, you know, there's they got issues. So many people, there's, there's issues with sanitation, there's issues with poverty, there's all kinds of problems. He's got that many people in a, in a relatively, not a small country, but populated in cities and stuff like that. They're getting clobbered, whatever the case. What is that a result of? People point at politicians, they might be right. They can point at a delay in administering the vaccine, whatever. You know? The point is, that's devastating, you know, and that's it's not impossible for that to occur here. The only thing standing in our way, in the way of that occurring here, is people, you know, cooler heads prevailing, doing, you know, being being smart, being decisive, following recommendations of, of people who whose job it is, whose business it is to take care of our public health and to make recommendations that are reasonable and they're going to save our ass you know so when the smoke clears you know and and, and it there are days when it seems like it, it is clear you know that I read that New York City is going to open on July in July that seems like a big step you know those cities like a New York comparatively it's desolate okay a lot of people left. A lot of people might never come back. You know, a lot of people are looking for suburban living now. They realize that they don't have to work in the cities. They can work remotely. And people are, tourism is going to be down. Uh, I heard Red, uh, New York City lost a billion dollars in tourism. So, don't make this into a pandemic. You know, do the right things. Try to be measured and be sensible and be kind and be understanding right now. You know? Is there uncertainty? Absolutely. You know? There are some people, very small percentage, very small percentage of people who've had negative reactions, like significant negative reactions. But we knew that they were going to occur, right? People with clots and maybe... uh, you know, with responses, you know, I had a a public health nurse or a nurse who volunteered her time and uh, said that in a day vaccinating however many people, a half a dozen people fainted, you know, whether that was a psychosomatic response or some sort of the challenge to the immune response, that input um, causing a reaction, that a reaction, by the way, that we, that is valuable to a degree, right? Because we want it, we want this to work. We just want to live to tell about it. And in vast majority of cases, that is the situation. But there's, you know, 
not flying blind, but there's there's a degree of uncertainty with everything. And so we only can can behave and act based upon the information available, right? And in many cases, we're learning about a lot of things. So some things to consider there. Um, let's see if I can put the punctuation at the end of the sentence. I'm home. The NFL draft is on. And these are things that we like to, a tribalism we like to tune into, right? My team is the best, and your team is terrible. The Eagles are number one, and the Cowgirls are miserable, and they suck. And Tony Romo, I'm going to call him Tony Homo, even though that's a decade ago or more that he played. Um, and I, when a Cowboys you know, uh, quarterback gets hurt, who on some level I'm happy about that. I'm not, you know, but this is the way people, you get riled up about shit. Oh my God, I love it. The us, us versus them. Look at them. Our team won and your team lost. You think about how stupid that is on some level. Um, and how we crave it as human beings. We love that. We love the, we love the, um, my lovely wife out throwing some recyclables in the trash, shaking her booty for me, shaking her boobies for me now, Bo booty and boobies. The weekend's coming, so, um, yeah, I'll get some of that. So anyway, some decent conversation, I think, for tonight. It's almost 40 minutes here. Um, we covered the grumpier old men. We covered the pandemic. Uh, we covered the the irony of art versus uh, penmanship. I'm going I'm to call that it. All right, signing out. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great weekend. Be good to one another. Be kind. Be smart. Be measured. And um, I'll leave you with this. I saw a cool quote yesterday from a friend posted this meme and it said, if hurt people hurt people, what do kind people do? Right? What do healing people, healed people do? They heal others. What do kind people do? They lift others up. So it's two sides of every story, my friends. You can be hurt, angry, miserable, and you can shine that light on every person you come across. Can be ignorant and you can show people how dumb you are and how unmeasured and how cruel and how angry you are or you can I don't know fake it till you make it put on a happy face and you can shine that on the world and the world will appreciate that a lot more you know, I've seen a lot recently of people and I've shared this people who are just they are hurt and they're hurting people talk to a friend tonight about signal versus noise and how you could be go you could drive out into the world tomorrow with the best of intentions and a happy face and you know just you know putting your best foot forward and all that shit and then something happens to you somebody says something to you that bothers you or um you know something physical happens you get mired in traffic or you just can't seem to 
get up on the right side of the bed. You're tired. You're angry. You get a headache. You don't feel good. Your stomach hurts. Whatever the situation is, maybe you got something really significant going on in your life. You have a problem at work. You have a problem at home. You're going to wear that on your face. You're going to wear that. And you're going to shine that on the world. And what do you think you're going to get back? You're going to get back a big smelly turd. And then you're going to complain about your hardships and how you got this terrible lot in life. And it's hard. It's impossible. Look, I'm not saying this, that we can, uh, we need to hack the system somehow though. We need to, um, scramble when the noise comes at us, we need to strive to find that signal, that light in the dark. And it's hard to find sometimes it's hard to navigate to it. We have to believe it's there. We have to do our part. And, and, you know, there'll be that beacon, like a lighthouse, you know, guiding us into the, the inlet. But, um, you have to try to navigate towards that. You have to help it because that light can only shine so far. You need to find it in the storm and it'll guide you in. That's what I find. Almost every day that happens to me, something will try to take me off, threaten to take me off mission, and then something will happen. It's usually a human being. Oddly, it's usually a human being or human beings that piss me off and take me off mission and threaten to strand me on a beach or tear my ship apart on a shoal, like a shipwreck. But then there's another person who's like that light, like the lighthouse keeper who's searching for me just like I'm searching for them. So human beings can fuck up this world and they can they can save us. We can save it. We can fix all the problems. That's the beauty of being a human being is we know. We ha- have the ability of knowing. The difference between right and wrong and, and the right path to take. We need to see it. We need to find it sometimes within our own mind. In our own life. We need to turn that light on. Be the lighthouse keeper. Alright, I'm done. <laughs>